produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Welcome to another episode of Wookiee Radio. I almost said Weeby Geeks again. <laughs> we've, we've only been doing this for almost three months and still not used, getting more used to it being Wookiee Radio night instead of Weeby Geeks night. Uh, it is the, the Smugglers 3, Kylan. Wow. God, I said in Smugglers 3. Smugglers I'm thinking Intrepid Trio. <laughs> it is the Smugglers 3. Ken, yeah. who is the other person with Kylan on Geek Watch 1. Uh, Ken, Derek, myself, Mike, and joining us currently is our part-time smuggler john tyler christopher who you'll be able to see wearing a gorgeous looking wookie radio hockey jersey at celebration and steven from roco depot how you guys doing good doing really good man my uh my jersey's looking smashing you guys i'm, I'm a look like a wookie at, at celebration i'm super jazzed a hockey playing wookie <laughs> i will say um the person who does our store uh has just gone through a new name change new branding and was told he's going to be moving all his production to the u.s by summer nice so hopefully we could share some of that savings to you the listeners as well um i know with the hats and whatnot he's kind of tied to what new era and some of these other companies have him buy stock of on his side but the jerseys and sweatshirts and all that should be at a reduced cost Hopefully. Something I'm, I'm working on with him to hopefully reduce that price for everyone. Um, So a couple things we had today as we're recording the leak of a supposed retail merchandise poster slash potential movie poster. Um, And we're also going to talk a little Star Wars Resistance as the season has finally ended, uh, which I still want more of. Uh, so let's yes. let's hit the poster image first. Supposedly, this came leaked through Reddit. But on the other hand, Disney is saying, uh, yeah, pull it off the sites, pull it off social media. How do we play this? Is it real? Is it a leak? Is it Snoke returning in disguise? <laughs> well, first off, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I, I can see why there's a couple of things just from a photoshopping standpoint that I'm like, hmm, that looks a little suspect. But all in all, I mean, I think it looks pretty solid. It might be like an early version of a poster type of a thing, like where they're mocking it up. Um, but the one thing that jumped out to me first and foremost was some Knights of Ren action, which I am in full support of. Right. Which I yeah. think we all were expecting to see in, in uh, The Last Jedi that we didn't get, which I think that would have been cool to see after Snoke is dead, Kylo is taken over. He, as everyone's leaving the crate and everyone's on their own thing, here walk in the Knights of Ren behind on Kylo yeah. to take their position. I mean, just, just from like a visual standpoint, they have that awesome look that is really reminiscent of like the bounty hunters. Like you don't need a whole lot of them, I think, to make right. a massive impact. Like they just look cool. So... I'm excited for any capacity. And seeing yeah. them gives that kind of nod to the old Republic styling wise from the games, which we know uh, the duo from yeah. Game of Thrones, supposedly their Star Wars trilogy is going to be set in the old Republic. Could the Knights of Ren been something from the old Republic that has slowly worked their way back up like the Jedi are working the way their way back up like the Sith are working their way back up? 
etc. Or now in this conclusion, that'd be cool. There's a couple of other interesting things on here too. There's two characters that well, there's an alien character which we have no idea what that is, but there's two other characters on here that we've not got confirmation of at all. And there was actually a second image released with this, which was a, um, a wide shot of just the character drawings of each of these. And the site I'm looking at is actually running them as a slideshow. And the two other characters on this are given the names of Zori is the one in all red with the gold helmet. And uh, I guess that's supposed to possibly be Carrie Russell's character. And then the other one with the actual old school bow um, is Janna. So I have no idea if this is true. Those are brand new characters we've never seen before. Right. Uh, another one, if you look right behind the Janna character in that poster, that's a Y-Wing. We've not seen Y-Wings in the sequel trilogy yet. Yeah, it looks like there's a new droid next to BB-8. Yeah. I mean, the new TIE Striker, I believe that's called, is down in the bottom right. But that, that the one with the triangle wings? Yeah, I think that's the TIE Striker, isn't it? No. I'm not sure. Or which one is that? that that's because I know they talked about having the new TIE fighter or having a new TIE fighter. That's that's potentially the new TIE fighter, but that's not the, the TIE striker as what's been identified at, at the Disney parks. Or was that, a, or were they calling the one at Disney parks TIE striker? I'm getting my ties confused. Give me a second. I'll um, Google it up real quick. We got bow tie. We got long ties. We got shoe ties, <laughs> bolo ties. I don't, I don't remember oh. if that was the TIE striker or just a shuttle. To me, the most interesting thing on this poster is C-3PO with the bowcaster. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. bandolero. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even notice that. Actually, look at that now. It's telling me that this actually may just be a... It's a fake. Yeah. yeah. And if, you also, I mean, if you also pay attention to it, he's also ho- holding Ray's staff. I don't even know if 3PO can hold him a blaster or anything. It's almost like this is a shot of everyone's going, hold our stuff, we'll be right back. Bathroom break. <laughs> well, it's, like That's what I was saying as far as there's just certain Photoshop issues with it. Right. That, again, I'm not, I have no way and way or the other. The websites that I've seen have said that it's legit, but wow, have we not heard that before? Um, yeah. You know, I just look at this and just place it. If it is real, it's an early version of it because yeah. there's a degree of unprofessionality to the way the composite, the uh, compositing is. It look, To me, it looks like it's very grainy, even in the most high res pictures i've seen yeah i haven't seen a high resolution picture of it yet i could certainly see this being like a giveaway poster celebration though yeah I just dropped in the um, Skype chat the actual picture of Tie Striker, so that's not a Tie Striker, but uh, Tie Striker is from um, Rogue One. Rogue One. Yeah. It has the ways flat off the sides. The other thing that's interesting in this is the everyone keeps bringing up oh red stormtroopers. Are they truly red or is it glow? Because if you look at how it fades off, I kind of think they are going red because they got the white first order troopers above them. So there's like a clear distinction between the two. Yeah, yeah. And we know Cardinal had red armor from the. Book. Mm-hmm. So I could I could see him bringing that in. I can see it. It's a different Well, if you also look behind the the guy in the front, who that could be Cardinal, and Cardinal could be could be legit. You look at his armor, and there's something funky. Unless this is the picture I'm looking at from MakingStarWars.net, there's something funky that's like ghosted on the chest, and then the, all the troopers behind. It looks like there's an extra like visor or bubble to the helmet on the forehead. Yeah, they have. Like the, uh, they had, they had that, some of the stormtroopers had that in Rogue One. Yeah. Almost like, like, like a blast shield or yeah. something. Well, it's like the brow sticks out further on the helmet. It's artistically speaking, you, you would want those stormtroopers to be red for the composition. So I'm not, I would, I wouldn't read too much into the fact that like, I, I could be wrong. There very well might be red stormtroopers in it, but having them white at the bottom would really mess up the flow of the poster. So right. I wouldn't be shocked if that's just like a artistic decision to make them red, to blend in with Kylo's lightsaber. Okay. Um, that helmet, the troopers behind, because I'm looking at the chest units as well on that. These look almost like the shore troopers or the Scarif storm troopers mm-hmm. with the front face redone. It's like from the brow down. 
Someone photoshopped the top half of the Scarif Trooper and the bottom half of the First Order Trooper. And that looks almost like a Phasma helmet mm-hmm. in design. And that makes sense if it is Cardinal. Yeah, I'm talking the ones behind them, though. Oh, okay. Because that armor looks almost like the Scarif armor. Because there's like that looks like pouches across the chest. Yeah, there's something weird going on with the chest. It's like a it's like two or three different troopers m- merged together. Yeah. So unless there is an absolute new trooper that we don't know about, obviously, I, I, I'm still going to lean towards this is fake, and I, I don't. And if anything, and if it, if it is what John's saying, an early mock-up, I think it's just a mock-up to go. Okay, here are placements of if we do characters, how crowded will it look, and what negative spaces there that we need to fill the gap in. Right. Well, I mean, because I mean, obviously, the one thing you can see is like these are all. This is a com- a composite of a bunch of official images. So right. I can't speak for some of the characters, but like, I mean, that's Ray's costume in episode nine, you know, so like that comes from a production. Somebody had access to that production image and all these other production images. Right. So, and to your point about it being grainy, like you can composite elements from photos, but it's not going to look as good, but you might have access, but you know, they give you a production packet whenever you do artwork for star Wars that has all of this art and high res images and access to the FTP. So even if it's not, it's something that somebody I would assume who has access mocked up. Like it's, it's a, it's a weird gray area. So uh-huh. without violating anything you have on your end, do you have access because of what you do for Marvel? Do you have access to some of the imagery or the official photos from episode nine? Four? I have, I, I, I'm not currently for episode nine. I have though for previous movies before they come out. Check the Skype chat. That secondary image I was talking about, I found it. It's actually, I just dropped it in there. So you see the character image I was talking about there. Then when you bring that up, you can actually see that it's That's got exact- the breakdown of your characters is. Yeah. It's like someone took that imagery and just dropped dropped them here and there into the poster. Because the Knights of Ren image almost looks like something from the, the visual dictionary or visual encyclopedia. Well, I just saw another image that compares them to basically what we see in The Force Awakens. And each of these are almost the same costume as what you see in the Force back or whatever they call it. The two or three frames that you see them in. Right. But the, the grouping oh, like you have on. Is, is how you would see them arranged for like the visual dictionary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to say, me personally, I'm going to say it's fake until we're proven otherwise at Celebration. It's a cool looking fake, though. I mean, it's, it's nice. Kind of kind of skittish, but a very scatter, well, scatterbrained thought-wise, but... Yeah. There's a couple things that I'm seeing in there that are um, cool, because I'm thinking the two new characters that are in this photo of um, Zori and Janna, those may actually be characters from the movie. So, so someone like you were talking about, um, John, that, that looks... Someone may have actually had the art and put it up, because this, this doesn't look like really pictures. Those almost look like just highly detailed drawings of each of the characters, like concept drawings. On some I, of I can't, from, from where I'm... From the, the site I'm looking at and the images I'm looking at, it's so rough. I, I couldn't tell you if it was a painting or not. I don't know, man. I look at a lot of these, especially these newer ones, and I'm like, these are cool compositions and they're nice and all, but until Drew Struzan does one, like the classics, man, like that's yeah. Yeah. Those, those are the official posters to me. There hasn't been any word on how this got out, has there? Reddit. Yeah, but how did it get to Reddit? How does anything get to Reddit? <laughs> question is how do we get well to you know sometimes <laughs> go to www.reddit. <laughs> no but i mean sometimes they'll say uh a source close to the movie or you know whatever right there, there's been none of that with any of this mm-hmm. it's, it leaked mm-hmm. this morning it's a fake and it is just spread like wildfire uh the first group that i saw post it was uh geeks in america i think that's what the name of the company hmm. is for site um, or Geeks of America, something like that. And then it just started spreading everywhere. Of course. And thankfully, I, I don't know about you, Steven, if you if you put it out on Roco Depot, I did nothing with it. Yeah, I just looked at it on Twitter. <laughs> I did nothing with it. I've just been going around going, it's fake. <laughs> it's fake. Because people are going, oh, it's, because you know, I was hearing some people say, it's the merchandise retail poster that's going to happen for Force Friday. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. And then I heard other people yeah. go, no, it's the movie poster. I'm like, okay, we're two different worlds here. Too many different reports. So which way do we go? I don't know. That doesn't seem like it would be the movie poster to me. No, yeah. Not compared to the previous <laughs> movie posters we've had for this trilogy. Yeah. I would say there's almost too much for a movie poster. Yeah. 
Plus, with this, there's no seeing Star Wars at the bottom. Unless that's just a placeholder. I did, I would think if if this was what's going to be leaked, there would have been Episode Nine or a potential title in there, not just a placeholder. Right, yeah. Well, at least their yeah. secrecy's holding on that one. The title's still under wraps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which Very I think, true. Which I think we will get Friday the twelfth. Fourteen days from now. Yep. So, but well, let's move on. Resistance. Season one's over. Didn't see it. To my heartbreak. <laughs> Derek, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wait, 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 wait. What, what's Resistance? I don't get Disney Channel. Yeah, you found ways to watch it. What's Star Wars? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, you should have got in early on that Amazon deal. I think they sold the whole season for two bucks. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah, that I got in on it. Somebody posted on Twitter, you know, it's on sale for $2. That was like back in the fall time. That's like, well, I'll uh-huh. give it a shot. Sure nice. enough, got the whole season. <laughs> nice. Oh, digital. Yeah, digitally. See, I get it for free. <laughs> I it's that joys of working for the mouse. It's I get yeah, access to it. Yeah, yeah. It's got its perks. It's got its perks. It's just see how much of the perks it gets when uh, Disney Plus comes out. <laughs> um, so initial thoughts. Oh, um, Holy I, crap! I think the last time we talked Resistance on the show with the Smugglers Alliance, it was with the premiere. Mm-hmm. From that point to nineteen twenty episodes later, what are y'all's thoughts on this first season? I liked it. I had fun watching it. I got it got way better the longer it went. It took a long time. It was a slow burn at the beginning. Yeah, got, okay. that in second the, half was way better. In the beginning, I wasn't sure I was digging it, but uh, yeah, the second half definitely got way better. To me, with that slow burn, it was sort of like the the slow burn for season one of Clone Wars. And I think we we talked about that um, during the premiere, right? That Clone Wars kind of started out in a different place than where it eventually ended up. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, resistance is, I still think, far more Saturday morning cartoon friendly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which, which you know, I think even at that time we discussed, like, I'm completely okay with, because I'm a big advocate of, you know, Star Wars for everyone. Like, make more of a kid-friendly one. Make the Mandalorian, like, super dark and broody and blah, blah, blah. Like, so, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of, like, along for the ride with it. It seems to me more rebels than clone wars from right. a standpoint yeah. um but See, I'm good. Look-wise, I took it more of Rebels meets Ewoks. Oh, look, in a, yeah. In a, mod, in a modern, with a with the modern feel to it, uh, which Saturday morning cartoon feel, hey, I'm cool with that. Right. Um, just like with Clone Wars, as the season progressed, I think the movement of the digital animation improved and didn't look as rigid. It seemed more fluid. Right. Um, yeah, I like the animation. The stories at first weren't grabbing me, though. The first few episodes episodes i mean it was okay but i wasn't like yeah but w- once we started to get into okay he he's established himself on on the colossus on the colossus thank you um yep. and it's and it's been established he is a spy right i think it worked yeah yeah, oh, yeah i agree bumbling he did like the, in the beginning he was bumbling on over everything making all these, the more he did to where he still wasn't getting it right but he wasn't totally inept right once right. he started yeah. getting that then it got better also for me it took a while to get that in for me to get used to the animation style because this is a totally different style than anything we've had before on really mm, uh, right, both yeah. shows but I think what helped with that was as Derek was saying the slow stories in the beginning allowed you to actually look at what's there right and say right. wait this doesn't something's not right here once the story started picking up and you get lost in the story I, I either I was ignoring the animation or just got used to it I really liked the animation style I thought it had a lot of nice consistent detail throughout because I mean you know you get some really nice shots of like the backgrounds yeah. the characters the ships even like a lot of detail just on like the weapons like the stormtroopers are carrying and stuff and I never really noticed like any issues like with Star Wars Rebels I know every now and then there'd be something where they didn't really have you know the money to spend on the assets like when we first saw the Wookiees they really looked weird you know in Star Wars Rebels but I never yeah. really had any hang ups like with Resistance where it's like ooh you know they should have spent more time on that right well like if you look at Clone Wars like Clone Wars they were meant to look like maquettes, right? Like little wooden figures was the whole idea. The way they moved, they were very rigid. 
um, all the texturing that was on them. When you got into Rebels, they had that more like glossy round. Everything was very like round, especially whenever you saw characters that were from um, Clone Wars that then appeared in Rebels. They it, it was very weird almost to see them. Like Anakin looked just so different. And with this one, going back to like, you know, what I mentioned and what you mentioned, Mike, as far as it being like Ewoks is a great example, right? Because not just story and tone, but visually, it's very Saturday morning friendly cartoon. It's bright. You know, it's not it's not hard in any capacity. It's very soft um, and it's very like bright and optimistic. Like it's much yeah. more geared towards a, a younger demographic. And uh, and that's cool, man. Now, one thing I noticed early, I don't think I I ever brought it up um with tam seeing some of the the character art from starwars.com do you notice she had the same or a similar style hydraulic boots as uh as the troopers from solo uh the, the range troopers huh, i never noticed that so no. it makes me wonder does she potentially have some sort of disability that requires her to to wear those like braces well she was a pilot though so it's i mean it's not interfering that much true but if, if she had something this would allow her to, to be more more even keel as a pilot. Never thought of that. Uh, or is it just something to, to help her? Be- would that be why she's such a good pilot? Could be, too. Is it an enhancement to make her a better pilot? It's just something I, I, I've looked at. It's like, okay, interesting choice that they went with that, with the knee pads. Or is that just something that, okay, as a mechanic, she feels she needs to gain the extra strength for lifting. Could just help you with staying on the, like the wings and stuff when you're working on it for balance that could be as well it was just a thought (laughs) (laughs) interesting observation i didn't i never noticed yeah i never noticed that Hmm. so i it probably took me about three four episodes to realize and then i went looking on you know the the gallery stuff it's like oh those are like the range troopers so it it was it was interesting do you uh notice that uh there was that one alien taraj key the guy was trying to steal that mining laser when kaz was on the shop remember that guy yeah yeah i noticed he had a tattoos on his arms like Dr. Afra did. That was something I noticed on a rewatch. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Oh, I didn't pick that up either. I'll have to go back and check that episode. Yeah, they definitely put in some cool details in the show. Yeah. Well, I love, I, from the beginning to the end, I love the design of it. You know, like, I, I, I enjoy the, the colors. Um, it's it feels Star Wars without saying staying so traditional to it. Right. Does that make sense? Um, you know, you obviously have your X-Wings costumes, the Stormtroopers, and those slight modifications. But I think it's little things like, even you know, even you mentioned it, Mike, like Taj's boots are reminiscent of something else. So there's like, there's an adherence to the design principles, but they're not masters to that, if that makes sense. Right. I think the other, the other thing that got me too was seeing the pirates once we got into the it a bit more. I Maybe it's because of my daughter or the fact that it was a movie that I didn't watch until we watched it with my daughter. It had a bit of Disney's Treasure Planet vibe with the pirates. Yeah, kind of. I've never seen that. Now well, also- now we're going to be getting people going, I need to go see Treasure Planet now. <laughs> that and the pirate, both the pirates and the aces uh, made me nostalgic for, we had talked about it before, the old X-Wing book series. Yeah. Because every, every ship they're flying is what would be called uglies there. Oh, yeah. Bits and pieces of all the other ships, put them together and fly it. Well, I want to say uglies too, or it's from the uh, role-playing game. Was it from there originally? Either way, that, and I'm, uh, I'm if trying, I'm not... I'm trying to remember what, if it was the panel that you were on at Celebration Orlando, John, um, where they were talking, where it was either Charles or Phil was talking about the uglies in the Poe Dameron series. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I unfortunately had to step out of that one early because of Easter. So I missed a large part of that. Um, I, I don't remember if it was that one or if it was the day before at the writer's panel. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't able to attend that one, unfortunately, but... I love it, man. Again, that's like, that's world building. That's for for all the people that have complained about, you know, the loss of um, the extended universe, you know, you're really kind of seeing the hand picking of some of the best stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's not that it's not all there. It's, it's there for them to use in whatever capacity they want to or pay homage to. Right. So, well, and and Disney's already, or Disney slash Lucasfilm has already said that we're going to see more elements of the old E you brought into modern times into yeah. the modern canon whether it's still in the comics or if it's brought into um the disney 
plus shows because there's ne- um, there's some some air picking up again under the Obi Wan series happening on Disney Plus. Uh, who knows what's going to pop in with the Cassian and Andor series? Who knows what's going to happen in Mandalor in the Mandalorian? We know there's elements out of the holiday special cartoon that become <laughs> canon now with that gun. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the interaction with with Kaz and, uh, and Poe. Hey, Mike. Yes. I, I just got to let you know, I, I reached over behind me when I stood up just now and got out the Pirates West End Games, and you ugly. First one that shows a Y-tie starfighter. It's a Y-wing body with TIE fighter foils instead of the engines on the side. Nice. <laughs> Awesome. Hmm. I think I've seen that before. So. Um, so I thought the interactions between Kaz and Poe were pretty cool. Yes, those are I, some of my favorites. And then tying in, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. The, you know, uh, I know one of the things I'd really like to see, I don't know if we'll get to see it at Celebration when they do the Resistant panel, but I'd like to hear Oscar Isaac talk about doing the voice work for the show. Because you think about it, I mean, you know, the real Poe Dameron's here voicing the character, you know, it's... Yeah. it's really cool element to the show there and he actually got you know quite a bit of you know quite a few episodes he got to come on oh yeah um why can i not think of his name which guy yeager yeager thank you (laughs) so many characters and um i think the three of them their interaction was was pretty cool and and it makes me wonder now too do we potentially see kaz in episode nine with the x-wings since he has had some x-wing training and we know the show takes us right up to the midpoint of Force Awakens. It would yeah. be interesting. Mm. It'd be fun. I mean, if nothing else, even just doing kind of a call out like they did in, in Rogue One. Of, yeah, some kind of nod. Like an off-screen yeah. nod. Say, hey, Kaz, you know, you're wanted in the command center. <laughs> yeah. Or they call out him in the X-Wing or you hear his voice basically like saying like, nice shot, you know, or something like that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. If, if there's an epic battle, would it be cool to see the Colossus show up out of hyperspace? <laughs> <laughs> now, yes. did that did that catch you guys by surprise too? The fact that that was actually a ship, not just a station. Yeah, yeah, it was the size. Even even with the stuff that was underwater, when they did some of the oh, we need to go through the underwater parts. I don't know why, but I didn't see where ha- where part of the ship was hanging underwater. I thought it was like Cloud City and was just hovering over the ocean. Or, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, I I don't know. It it, w- it was pretty wild. Um, but to see that, and I guess to have um, I mean, it's no point in spoiling because it's been a couple weeks. But what about Tam joining the First Order at the moment? I said at least go with them. I mean, for an emotional grab, that was a great move. You know, that gives Love. you a little bit more investment a little bit more complication to the story. It's a good turn. Yeah, I totally love the way they handled it, too, how she was confused. She didn't exactly know what she was doing. And then the First Order was pushing her one way and making her see her friends as as fooling her. It was uh, was just really good. Any character growth is good good for any series, as far as concerned. So, you know, I don't ever want that. You can have ruses and that's cool, but I'm, you know, maybe contrary to popular opinion, I enjoy when characters go bad or go more like moral ambiguity is a good thing to me in any series. Yes, That's, definitely. Yep. It'd be, it curious, it'd be curious to see how bad they take her in season two, whether she'll keep going down this side or whether she's going to get to like a another point where she's going to have to make a choice. Do I stay with these guys or do I try and leave, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, how about how how did it make you guys feel when we see the broadcast over the whole net of Hux's speech, which we're familiar with from Force Awakens, the destruction of the planets and come find out that one of the planets is Kaz's planet? I mean, I kind of saw that one coming in a way, you yeah. know, because we knew Hazian Prime was going to destroy, be destroyed and we knew his dad was there. And we to knew he that- was from there because I think in the first episode, he was, he was building from there. That's why he was part of the military. He grew up on the homeworld. <laughs> So right. my question is, the next time he sees Leia and he mentions, we got to do something. They destroyed my planet. <laughs> Will there be some I can relate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be an instant bond there. It's like, oh, yeah, our planets, our home worlds were destroyed before our eyes. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Well, the cool thing you were talking about, Mike, about um, Kaz possibly showing up in episode nine. Remember, they actually could, and now, and we know from this last episode why he's not. There's no chance of him being in episode eight or seven because they right. show up no sooner show up to Dakar, they're already sent off. Right. <laughs> to me, one of the interesting implications of them sh- broadcasting Hux's speech is to think that the First Order just broadcasted that to, to the entire galaxy. The entire galaxy might have just sat there and watched their government be exploded right in front of them. I mean, that's a huge morale hit there for the entire galaxy. It's like, hey, we're the First Order. Boom, we just blew up everybody with a push of a button, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like the one, th- it's like they're going, this is the one thing that the Empire didn't do that they should have yeah. to be more of a threat. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of kept Alderaan a secret. It was like, oh, it was just a, you know, it was just a little thing. We didn't, they didn't advertise that to everybody. Well, one, one, once again, the the cartoon is doing a better job of explaining the universe more so than some of the films. It's almost like they're the companion pieces are fleshing, which is what they should do. I mean, don't get me wrong. They should be fleshing stuff out. But like, I understand the first order better from the cartoon now than I ever did from the two movies so far. Like based solely on the movies, honest to goodness, I have no idea what the first order is. They're a militant fascist fringe group that's trying to take, like that's all you really get from the movie. Right. Right. So things like that, I really do appreciate because it also emboldens them and makes it a personal stake, you know, blowing up Alderaan, that's Leia's planet. Man, now I know that, now I know the Empire is bad. The First Order blew up that one planet, but like, we know the government's there, but it's not Coruscant? Like, what's going on? Just... From like a layman's perspective, it's it's nice. I, I'm enjoying what they've done with that. With, with it, it, the only thing that I still, even with resistance, that I still don't have the answer to is we saw the fall of the Empire. We know there's the separate cells afterwards that are going to battle because they're in denial. Oh no, the Empire's the Emperor's not dead. This, that, and the other. Until finally, it's all done. But at what point, what was the reasoning for the rise of the First Order and for them to all of a sudden be more powerful than the the New Republic? I think we're going to get that in a book, but it'll be after Episode 9 is out. And also, you got to remember, just like Clone Wars, we have, with Resistance in this 20-episode season, we have seen more timeline of the the sequel trilogy era than we have in the movies, because the two movies we've gotten take place over five days total. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't do much character development in five days <laughs> or universe building for that matter. Like, exactly. which is, you know, and this we've seen, this was what, six months or something over those 20 episodes or more, or maybe more. Right. So we more yeah. timeline wise in this cartoon than we did in two movies. Right. Same thing. That's where the Clone Wars was so fantastic was um, the Clone Wars movie or the three movies there take place over about seven years, but the Clone Wars show and even rebels, they take place over like, maybe three years but there's a hundred episodes of television there to develop stuff you actually have time to get into the minutiae right well I, I think one of the first times I, I was on you know we discussed Clone Wars and my love of you watch the pre Clone Wars does a better job of explaining why Anakin Skywalker became Darth Vader than all three of the prequel movies put together like exactly and yeah, yeah. you know I, I think that might just be I think to your point there's a strength to that in the sheer volume of episodes and the ability to flesh out people over not only in-universe time, but also just hours of footage. Um, but I also think a lot of that credit has to give be given to the writers, Filoni, and everyone else involved in the series of their, they make characters, you know, not just these archetypes that you do, you sit with them and you get to know who they are and their motivations. And that's so important, man, with any with any good good story, good narrative. What clicked for me was when I, when, um, I had heard and then it clicked and it realized that James Arnold Taylor has played Obi-Wan Kenobi more actual screen time than any other actor if you add them all together. Right, yeah. <laughs> now, StarWars.com lists 10 best moments from Star Wars Resistance Season 1. Before we hit those, what were y'all's favorite moment in Resistance? That's really narrowing it down there. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll even, I'll, I'll take, you can brought it down to favorite episode or story right, I arc. Have a, I do have a favorite episode. Uh, 
It was the First Order occupation. It was the one where Kaz helps Sonara escape from the Colossus. When I, I actually did like a rewatch and just watched them all back to back, and that one kind of stuck out to me as probably one of my favorites, just because there was a lot of funny moments in that one. It had me laughing out loud. That's like where we get the OP Pit elevator scene where that the fuzzy janitor, yellowhead guy, is like in the elevator and yep. he's like complaining because they took his, his sweeper. <laughs> Kaz is like, man, this be a lot easier if you had your sweeper when you clean the floors. <laughs> uh, John. Uh, like the, I mean, I'll break it down in a couple ways. Like there was the o- OMG moments, which was like the Colossus Rising was just like, that's really cool. But my overall like favorite maybe not a moment, but just one of my favorite things is I've really enjoyed the aliens and the creatures that have been introduced and designed in the series because they've, they've kind of gone old school star Wars, right. With besides a variety of alien races, also like giant monsters and all of these other crazy cool things that they all kind of fit and they feel more star Warsy to me than some of the other previous, like some of the creatures they, they introduced in the clone wars and stuff like that. So I've just really enjoyed any of those. So, sort of like uh, the one creature uh, that was it Neelix wanted to keep as a pet. Oh, Bebo's the little guy. <laughs> I don't know if they ever gave a name to the big one. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, big, here comes Mama. <laughs> here comes Mama. That's funny. Because I, I know Bebo is a different character myself, but... <laughs> He'll always be a terrible mechanical owl from uh, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, he's also a, a blue fuzzy. He's going to the Kraken, right? So it all kind of works out. He's also a blue fuzzy on yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. I want to talk Legends. Yeah. Okay. Um, Derek, your favorite moment, or? Um, oh, that's a tough one. I, one of my favorite moments was that uh, I kind of liked all the moments where he was with Poe. Um, but in particular, I liked the one where they went through that planet. The one where they fought that probe droid? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mining, the mining planet. Yeah. And the, yeah. And they just went through the, the, the cavity of dig dug out of the planet. I was waiting for the, the wormhole monster to appear. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Ken, favorite moment? Mine's not as much a moment, but it kind of jumps on with um, John's there. Of the, the aliens in general, but for me, it was this is the first time in the sequel era again we actually see car- aliens we recognize. Yeah, there was actually aliens from the original trilogy and from the prequels in this, so it feels like Star Wars. Yeah, the, the, episode seven and eight, we had nobody recognized unless it's actually a specific character like Nine Numb or Admiral Akbar. Other than that, they've owned all totally brand new characters. Like we're all of a sudden on a, in a different galaxy or something. Yeah, at least with Rogue it, One, we we saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, Walrus Man and, and Doctor Evzian or yeah. Panabunda. Pa- there we go. And and, and Evzian. We see uh, we see some other. But also, if you look at Kraut, huh? we also see some other characters from. Well, like it, it's interesting in both Rogue One and Solo, we see Twi'leks, but they're not in the sequel trilogy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, and that's that's the kind of stuff that I think they should. Do. You know, I love the fact that there's like Ugnats running around all over the station. You know, the Colossus, like that's. Yeah. That's fun to me. And I love the turtle custodians. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The whole runs on the backs of these turtles, literally. <laughs> when I saw them, I, I I had a flashback to uh to Dark Crystal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love that. That 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 little janitor guy, he kills me every time I see him. I just I can't believe there's like an entire subplot for him throughout like <laughs> yeah. he just keeps showing up, you know. <laughs> Something always happening yeah. to him. For for story. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead some story going on yeah. by the time uh, the series is finally over. They're the real heroes of the resistance. Um, you just make chuckle time. For me, I kind of like the, the whole relationship build between Kaz and, and Tora. Yeah, yeah, they really worked well together. And she knew there was a quote-unquote spy on the potential spy, but she didn't realize it was the guy she was kind of having feelings for. Well, heck, she, she pegged it that one episode. She's like, are you a spy? And he's like, me, a spy? No, no. <laughs> Um, now, StarWars.com, they start off. Uh, I don't know if this is any particular order. They say, number one, Kaz's first race in the recruit. This is where we get to see where he, now how much of a pilot is he? Because mm. um, we know he, he's got some skills because he he pretty much goes uh, one for one on Major Von Rick and, and tags his TIE fighter. This is a guy who, who we've labeled the Red Baron. So, I mean, he, he's hit the Red Baron. It's interesting how that book marks the whole season, too. It starts 
with him fighting the Red Baron guy, and then it ends with him shooting that guy down. Yeah. That reminds me. A thought had occurred to me when, when all the aces uh, went out to go fight the First Order. Um, I, I wondered how – I wondered what his thoughts are on the First Order, being that he was a former Imperial. Oh, that Griff guy, the guy she flies like a tie racer? Yeah, yeah. Well, how, how about even um... – Toro's dad, Doza, Doza, who was an Imperial commander. I mean, because we now, see, court, well, yeah, we can. According yeah. to the backstory, now his wife was a rebel, or yeah, she was a rebel. She was in the rebellion, like uh, so. Like his wife was a, a pilot. I think they were saying somewhere in the somewhere. There's a story in the background or something where they they revealed that. I think a source book. But what? We get in. But wasn't that though? That after he does the not fall like of the, the first. Empire? Yeah, I I don't know how the timeline worked on that, I and mean, probably. Put Post, post him leaving the empire, but it just it just seems odd. Here we are, thirty years later, and he's still got his imperial officer's outfit in his closet. Why? He's obviously made some kind well, of peace with it, though, because I mean, he got along with Yeager, got along with Yeager pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. And he, and he probably knows he was uh used to be in the rebellion. Oh, I'm quite sure of it. Well, you got to think, man. I mean, again, this is one of those maybe thinking too much of it, but it's a big universe. Like, there's people that work for any government that maybe don't necessarily agree or even are aware of all the insanity that goes along with the government. It's like, it's a government job type of a deal. And right. it's just kind of like, totally. yeah, there's a resistance and there's a rebellion, but like, dude, I'm just here to like sign paperwork, man. I just need to make sure that the gas lines are moving fluidly. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that could be, I'm again, head cannoning pretty hardcore. Yeah. But. That actually, that, that kind of makes sense because um, I've heard other places and things that um, how it's interesting we see this whole thing from the point of view of the resistance of the rebellion against this big evil tyrannical empire. But you got to think the, nor- the general citizen on the street, the 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 lights are on. You're able to go to work and get home. You're able to put dinner on the table. They really didn't ca- don't care what's going on above them. They don't even know what's going on out fifty or a thousand light years away on some other planet. Right. The empire, it's peaceful for them. The empire's out there. They're in charge. Okay, I pay my taxes. I get I have my powers on. I can watch a holiday. I can eat my TV dinner. It's all good. Yep. Right. Uh, number two, meeting the shell folk, uh, which were introduced to them in the Children of Tahar. And, and their their best line is their only line for this is turtle people. There's no way they were not making this list. <laughs> <laughs> that that could almost be this show title. <laughs> Resistance Roundtable, Turtle People. <laughs> There you go. Say no more. Um, As I go, save this image so I have it for episode art. Uh, Number three, meeting the Kowokian ape from Signal from Sector 6. That was cool. You know, seeing a big Kowokian monkey. (laughs) Yeah. And then it was funny with Poe, like, you know, I hate monkeys. I hate them. I hate them. (laughs) Yep. Uh, oh, good side. And, and of course, this is where we we see uh, Sonara for the first time. Uh, actually, it wasn't the first well, no, time, it, but that it, is where Kaz and her kind of formally introduced, and they save her. And they kind of form that that alliance, or the start of the alliance that they didn't realize was going to be needed until the First Order take more took more charge. Yeah. So. I actually noticed when I did my rewatch, the first time Kaz and Sonar see each other, he's hanging off the windshield of her ship when they're flying around on a pirate attack. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny how her helmet looks very similar to Lando's helmet from yeah. Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, number four, Jaeger and Marcus, uh, I guess reuniting on the platform classic. Uh, this is when we find out Jaeger has a brother who is a racer, and there's the whole sub story behind that, um, which then goes back to why Jaeger had hyperfuel hidden in his office. Oh, right. Yeah. I never thought about that. Is that the hyperfuel he stole from his brother, you think, after the, the race? That would be kind of a dark thing to hold on to. I don't know if he stole it or just took it so it couldn't be used again. Well, I guess that's stealing. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, we it, don't it, know that his brother took it from him. It could have been, you know, his brother got it for the race, and then after the race, you know, he took it, <laughs> confiscated it. I, I, I think it's the same hyperfuel. Because, I mean, think about that. It's like, this is the thing that killed my family. I mean, that's a dark thing to hold on to. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. But it, but if it's that one dark thing that keeps you from making that mistake again. Yeah. yeah. So um, number four or number five, adopting the wrong pet in Bebo. <laughs> Giant squid monster. Awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. As John said, the Kraken, which it did have a Kraken-esque look to it. I mean, yeah. it had the big giant tentacles, big flippers yeah. on the end. Yeah. When we first saw it, my wife and I both were uh, looked at it and said, wait a minute, when did they bring a Kraken to the station? <laughs> it's what it's like. <laughs> uh, number six, racing through the planetoid uh, with the core problem. Hey, Derek's is right there on the there list. There you go. Yeah. Uh, number seven, the destruction of Hussein Prime in No Escape Part 1, which we touched on this a little bit earlier. Uh, here we observe Kaz watching as Hux delivers the speech from Force Awakens, which yeah. to, to say, oh, he revisited the lines. One believe they just took that section of dialogue from the original audio track from the movie and dropped it in, in this. Since Filoni will have access to that. Well, the other one um, also, though, that puts an even bigger point on this, um, like John was saying earlier, the fact that we now know Kaz came from that world. He watched the destruction of his yeah. home planet like Leia does it with Alderaan, but watching the First Order troopers cheering as it's happening makes it that much harder. Right, yeah, right, yeah. He's he's watching the destruction of his home world and everybody he knows and loves, while all the guys around him are cheering it on. The the thing that, that got me was, um, I don't remember seeing it in The Force Awakens, but we see it from the stormtroopers at the end of this broadcast when they do the salute. I'm like, yeah. okay, now we're going to bring this in back towards Nazi Germany again. Yeah, it's that. It's pretty that was kind of creepy. <laughs> Which is good, right? Like that's the point. It should be. It should be like uh, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to get too much into modern stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah, there's a very big element yeah. of. Well, here, here's here's the scary thing. Until the use of it in the capacity that Hitler and the Third Reich used it, that used to be a common salute by various countries on how you saluted your flag, including this country here in the U.S. If you research it, you'll find pictures of American school children using it in like the early 1920s, wow. 1930s. And then it just kind of slowly stopped after World War II. For obvious reasons. Thanks, Hitler. Way to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> but no, no it's just like this. I, I forgot what the name of the salute salute is, but um, I remember seeing these pictures. I'm like, no, there's no way. This guy, this has got to be a hoax. This can't be the the U.S. flag had to be photoshopped in. And doing the research, no, this is what was common practice. I know uh, that's how the Romans saluted, like back in yep. the days of Caesar and stuff. Yep. Remind me to uh, tell you a funny Captain America story I'd heard um, on the next time I'm on Mighty. Marvel geeks got some some fun stuff okay. from a certain gentleman who used to draw a cap back in the day. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, number eight, the rise of the Colossus. Uh, finding out that the Colossus is not a, just a platform, but a ship. How how did they not know it was it wasn't a ship if that if there were all those extra levels under the water? Unless those levels just weren't accessible. I don't know. It struck me that the turtle people are the only ones that really knew how the, the place worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You got to think that um, a station like that that's living on top of the top of the ocean, there's probably a lot of um, mechanical and maintenance levels. Is So everybody just assumed that's what was down below is whoever's taking care of maintenance is down there. So is, is the Colossus where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went to retire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's interesting is Dolph was a ship because he was not surprised when they started launching. I mean, he was surprised that it was happening, but he wasn't surprised that it could. Yeah. I think he may have yeah, been there. there. Could be. Boy, there's a whole story there. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Tam's choice. Uh, when we talk about this as well, uh, Tam's backstory and her sympathetic perspective on the First Order brings an added layer of complexity to the Resistance. Uh, so we, we know she's, um, I guess, apparently very easily swayed because of how she was manipulated by Agent Tyranny. I think it's like two tiers to it. I mean, her attachment to Yeager was getting strained, and I don't know if she ever really had a strong attachment to Kaz. So finding out that he's been lying the whole time, that really hurt her. And then you got Tyranny kind of waving it. Hey, you could come be join us. We'll, we'll let you fly. You can be a pilot. Well, and I think, too, there was the, her questioning of Kaz began even more when he left and was with BB-8. Comes back, you got CB, CB-2. Right. Or CB-22. Like, okay, how do you explain this one? His explanations were terrible, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not good at cover-ups. Like we keep going back to Saturday morning cartoon stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Then, number 10, Through the Colossus, which I, I did think this was pretty cool. And it was definitely a, a nice nod a little bit to uh, to the trench run. Um, but, you know, Von Regs barreling down on Yeager. And what does Kaz do? He cuts through the Colossus <laughs> and takes out Von Rag. It's like, who would have thought going through a potential trench to get to the other side? I mean, I, I thought that was a pretty incredible move. Well, I had a nice like, kind of callback also to the, uh, the uh, pilot episode. You know, the opening episode with the race, like there was right. a lot of, there were certain similarities, which is, it's just good storytelling, man. You know, like set something up, the person learns from their mistakes and they use what they've learned to uh, overcome the odds. Yeah. So for season two, since we don't know what's going to happen at Celebration, what do y'all expect to see coming into season two? Well, they're going to be in space now <laughs> instead of on an ocean world. Yeah, and they're gonna need a they're gonna need a destination. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, ne- place. Niku kind of screwed that up. I mean, yep. even if they they're not at Dakar and they head there, they're like, well, there's nobody there now. So <laughs> true. So and they they might not get you know an update from the resistance until after the Battle of Crate, finding out okay, this is where you know maybe that's where the resistance goes after the Battle of Crate. They could go there to get fuel because hey, they were out of fuel, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting to see what the the time difference is from Last Jedi to Episode Nine, because that could inform a lot of where this is heading, right? Well, haven't they said that a few years have passed from from eight to nine? I've heard there's I've heard a time jump, but I'd like to see season two of Resistance not do a time jump. I'd like to see that kind of fill in the gap that we're going to get. Well, what yeah, we're talking about is it offers a really interesting situation because with the prequels, for example, there was such a time frame between episodes that allowed the Clone Wars to kind of have this open end because the time frame between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith enabled a multitude of stories to be told, right? Right, yeah. But because of The Force Awakened and The Last Jedi, literally, to your point earlier, like five days is all those two movies took. It's not like there's room in between there to tell a story of, like, leading into it because... Yeah, I think that, you know, hopefully it's going to start tying more into that universe in a larger snap. Now that they're no longer stationary, per se, you know, I, I think it'll engage more with the rest of the universe. But it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, because, again, it's not like, you know, look at the comics, right? The comics take place between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back in the same way of like, we've got all this extra time to tell all these different stories of what has occurred. I think right. so. Nine could have a large play into how this show in particular plays itself out. Right. Yeah, I mean, the show is in a great spot to like be a lead up to episode nine when it comes out in December because the show will come out in the fall and it could yeah. slowly lead people into nine. It's like, you know, hey, this is where we're going. Okay, right. but do, do we want them? Do we want the show to go directly into nine? Sort of like Rebels does. I mean, yes, I want it to go, but do we want it to go happen slowly like Clone Wars did to bridge two and three and let episode nine happen, but this still continues to do its thing beyond? Or do we want, okay, by season, by December, show comes back at, say, in September. By December, we want to be at where the show's running, uh, running sequential with episode nine. I don't see him doing that. Yeah, I don't want to see that because that would force the show to do a time jump too. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather do the slow build to yeah. episode nine, sort of like Rebels, sort of like Clone Wars, where you've got that three, four seasons where you could cover however many years between eight and nine. Well, another thing that dawned on me as we we're talking to this, I didn't have even thought about it, but um, think of it this way: also, the Colossus really is a capital ship. That's the size of ship that we're talking about here, and at the end of it. Episode eight, the resistance all fits on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> so what's the chances maybe by time that um, the Colossus event, we could, they're not going to do it for the show here, but you could do something where you bring the, all of the resistance into the Colossus and there's your show for the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I see, building uh, the resistance off of the Colossus. I'm, I mean, I I'm, could, yeah, I could even see like a, a season two opening show where, you know, we see the main cast <laughs> all of a sudden we yeah. rave and oh, everybody <laughs> I, shows up and lands on the Colossus. I, I definitely can see season two 
coming up and starting at the end of episode episode eight you know, at the end of the last jedi that i don't mind because knowing who knows how long the colossus is going to be in this in hyperspace until it figures out where it's going to go until they figure out how to get it to wherever it's going you know and if well, they- luckily let's say luckily they have a whole ship full of um, pilots and um, mechanics that are racers. They're used to hobbling things together out of junk and making it work. So that shit, the Colossus is going to be flying great by the time they get done with it. Oh, yeah. Well, it it won't be terribly un-Star Wars-y if, honestly, they start Episode Nine with, like, you know, the Rebellion is, or the Resistance has rebuilt their forces. Like, that's that's not an un- that wouldn't be an un-Star Wars-y thing for the title crawl to address. And this is the show that explains how the resistance rebuilt their forces. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, if you look at the difference between empire and Jedi, for example, like they, they just kind of brush off that whole thing of like, okay, at the end of empire, they're on their last leg. By the time Jedi's around, like the fleet's amassed, they're ready to go on the big fight, bring the, the offensive to the empire. This is the show that it could explain all that. Well, the, the other thing is too, with clone, you know, the same thing with clone wars, how, you know, how do we know, you know how does Obi-Wan, one know how well of a pilot Luke's father was. Well, we see it in Clone Wars. Right. Um, you know, we, like you mentioned, we see the turn, what really helps lead to the turn of Anakin towards Vader, with the Emperor kind of egging him, going, you know, they're sending you on this and that, why? We get a little bit more of that as, as the Chancellor is, is manipulating during Clone Wars. Uh, with Rebels, we see how a one person's radio broadcast led to unifying starting the unification of other cells going oh there are others out there which then leads us into rogue one that okay there is a rebellion so um i think if we pick up or if resistance picks up say like ken mentioned with the clauses catching up with the falcon we see the falcon and and the entire resistance on the clauses even for an episode or two until they got a chance or or even for a little longer so they could use it as a way of building building up a new resistance that will eventually take us to where we get to in episode nine. I think that'd be a cool idea. Well, so, but it needs to think. happen gradually, not yeah. rush it into, okay, by December, we're now over two, three episodes. Each episode, we jump six months. No, that would be terrible. That would be a yeah. horrible uh, idea. Well, also, yeah. you gotta think, if they show up on the Colossus, it um, fixes the problems of episode eight. They're not going to run out of fuel. This is a refueling station. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is what John mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. So, um, at this point in time, I just got to ask for some final thoughts. What what are y'all's, y'all's final thoughts? Whether it's about the poster, whether it's about resistance, whether it's about anything else that we didn't cover that might have broken the last couple weeks or yeah, in the last couple weeks. Um, final thoughts. I'll start off with John. Ah uh, man, um, I think we end every time this way. Just I'm excited to see where things are going. I think it's, it's uh, resistance is ending on a good note. Um, really excited about episode nine, whether that poster is real or not, and uh, really excited to be at celebration in a couple of weeks to learn the like the real thing and quit quit all this speculating. Mm. Well, I'm glad to know we will have Wookie rep, Wookie radio representation there. Representing, bro, because I know that I know the three of us will not be there, and we're we're heartbroken about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Stephen, are you going to be there? Yeah, I'm going. We got two. John, are you going to have a table there? Or? Yeah, I'm going to be doing some signings and stuff like that around the show, so I'm sure you'll we'll run into each other man so <laughs> look for the hockey jersey there you go <laughs> i have my wookie radio hat on <laughs> awesome 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 steven i'll uh, i need to get your email again and i'll send you something for the show okay um so steven final thoughts you know i really enjoyed the first season uh star wars resistance you know it was fun i wouldn't put it on the same level as star wars rebels or the clone wars but it, it was a fun show and i think there's a lot of potential with season two to maybe bring it up to that level where it could compete with the others because if they can start bridging this more into the movies that's going to really help the impact and the importance of the show I think yeah I think that uh, tagging on to your comments I think because the gap between Last Jedi and Episode 9 being so close and this show happening so soon instead of Clone Wars oh we're going to wait a couple years and then bring out Clone Wars I think that will help um, I guess ease some growing pains 
of the first two movies when the third one comes out and i think we'll just kind of go okay yeah this makes sense why this is happening the way it is it, yeah it, this, it, this it, could definitely could, help with the world building yeah yeah so ken final thoughts uh, i had an interesting idea also that just builds on where we've been going with season two uh we know lando's going to be in episode nine and you were saying how um the falcon if we only had him one or two episodes on the colossus what if the falcon shows up on the colossus and then lando shows up with the fleet <laughs> and I then was, the yeah. off, the colossus moves on to do something else that's interesting and then we get the introduction of why lando's back he actually had his own fleet out on the outer rim somewhere that he was basically being lando <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that's an idea that's worth saying. Hello, what have we here? <laughs> it could be it could be cool to see Lando show up on the show in season two. Yeah. I mean he showed up in Rebels. Never have too much Billy D. Yeah. Or maybe a yeah. certain bit that uh, happens to be at Black Spire Outpost right now. <laughs> Hondo. <laughs> we definitely need to see Hondo on this show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ken, your final thoughts. Derek, your final thoughts. Um I'm j- I'm just very interested to see where the show is gonna go from here. Um I kinda like I like the idea that it's going to be a completely different thing now, completely different story now that the, the Colossus is, is out of the water. So it, I think that's going to make for a very interesting second season. Yeah. Uh, for me, my final thought or final thoughts, um, definitely go check out John at Celebration at the panels he's at and his signings. If you happen to run into Steven, say hi to him as well. Um, definitely check out uh, Heroes and Villains or BioWorld. I'm not sure how the booth is going to be, but they've got a nice Imperial collection. It's all TIE Fighter pilot based. That's going to be a Celebration exclusive. The backpack looks cool. <laughs> it's very similar to the backpack I've got of the indoor collection. Um, now I want to say, check out the, they've got uh, the red and the blue Astromex as the exclusives from Koto Bayuka as their Celebration exclusive. And the two of them were priced at uh, 120 bucks, which is not bad for the two-pack. Considering they usually go, uh, the Astromex tend to go for about 60 each. Any more recent pricing. So, um, but yeah, a lot of great exclusives coming. Uh, check those out. Um, we wish we were there, but hey, we're going to be right there on the net like everyone else when it shows going. So hopefully we'll get a nice shout out from John as well on a panel. Oh, yeah. Um, other than that, thank you guys again for coming on. Um, sorry for the late notice, but uh, it was a rush because it was like, crap, I don't want to do it before, too close to, to celebration. Um, I didn't want to wait too long after the season ended. Mm. So thank mm. you guys for, for being on. Uh, as, as I always love having you guys on. I uh, wish Jim was able to make it with us this week. Um, we'll have him on maybe for a celebration recap, which may be the next uh, Smugglers Alliance recap as well. There you go, man. Heck yeah. And uh, other than that, um, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> These are the same Jawas that sold us R2 and 3PO.